Hi everyone, welcome to the What I Want to Talk About podcast. Today is a special solo edition where I am doing this on my own for this week while I'm commuting back home, so excuse any background car noise, but I wanted to take the time to talk about yeah, something I just wanted to record for myself as well on my experience in um, social work school. So obviously it's only been like three weeks. So kind of just like an initial thought, you know, I think it would be cool to see, to look back at this later on and um, see what I was thinking in the beginning. Cause I love retrospection and looking back at things. So yeah, I guess I could start off with why I wanted to choose to do social work school. So in talking with a few different friends, I realized that a lot of people have no idea what social work is. And honestly, that was a little disappointing, but like, obviously, I don't know. But yeah, so originally I was going to do like a PhD in clinical psychology but I think I was pretty, I felt pretty disappointed and jaded by the academic realm. And in Columbus, actually, I met this professor of social work. And she was super cool. Um, and at that time, I didn't even realize that you could do a PhD in social work. Um, or honestly, that social work was a thing. Like, I think my impression of social work. I actually shadowed a social worker in high school where I shadowed an alcohol addiction um, recovery place. And that was quite an experience as well. But yeah, and then my experience about social work too is just hearing about like kind of during COVID, um, the idea of replacing like law enforcement with social workers. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I also heard that social workers make very little money and are burnt out um, and basically do everything, you know. So um, after three weeks, I've learned that is still true. But basically, yeah, during my time in Ohio, it was actually like a really, really good time of development for me. Um just being on my own, I think I learned a lot about myself and what I wanted to do and what I wanted my impact to be um, in my future profession. So I decided to do social work pretty much because I realized social work is a very holistic field. Um, Basically, it combines practices of individual work, community work and system work. So it takes problems and creates um, solutions or um, more positive focus and yeah, finds a well-rounded solution. So for example, if I just did counseling or therapy or something, that's a individual focus and more clinical. So I would just learn maybe therapy techniques and methods Whereas in social work, you can be a therapist, but 
you also learn how policy, how the systems around us, how um, socio-political economic factors shape the way people's situations, um, why people's situations are the way that they are. So if you if you're seeing an individual in therapy, you don't just think about them on a personal level. You also consider their environmental factors and political factors or like system factors of are they getting the resources that they need um and like yeah all of that so obviously I'm still learning about all of this but I really 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 liked that aspect and it just felt a lot better to me than academia and yeah I think my three weeks so far have definitely validated that so I didn't even know really that much about social work before like December of 2021 when I started applying and yeah now I started social work school at BU and um the first day was the day after Labor Day um which was orientation and I had already like I had already like not really known what to expect but that first day was pretty eye-opening to me in terms of the just the way that school itself was going to be structured and the attitude of my classmates so or my cohort so during that orientation um, we had a normal orientation in the beginning except um, the one friend I made online she invited me over to her place to do the virtual aspect and invited two other people. So I met a few people in the beginning. And then in the in-person part, um, we split up into smaller groups. So the cohort is about 100 people, not including online students. But yeah, for the in-person students, we all got there in person. And then um, we split up into affinity groups, actually. So. I joined the BIPOC affinity group and which was all students of color and um, there were about maybe like 12, 13 students um, and there's also a first gen affinity group, a LGBTQ students affinity group so like it wasn't, people could choose where they wanted to go. Um, but that first day um, in that affinity group, I think we realized that the profession of social work is still extremely white. Oh, I wouldn't say that we realized that. I think we knew that. But at that point, we realized that like the 10, 15 of us were the only, I don't know, we're like made up a lot, like most of the students of color in our cohort of 100 people. And um when you looked at like the larger group you can you could tell that it was extremely white and we talked a lot about the his historical profession of social work and how um like many other professions it perpetuated a lot of harm in the beginning um when yeah it's a lot of it's very white um but serving mostly people of color and um, those communities. So yeah, that was 
um, as a group, we kind of talked about like our sentiment and just listening to a lot of students um, who are not from Boston. A lot of, most of the students are not from Boston. And so it was like their first time here. They just moved here and it was like, yeah, um, just listening to their disappointment, um, their frustration, their anxiety and fear of beginning a new chapter in our lives, but feeling like we don't have enough advocacy from our actual administration at the school that a lot of the things like this affinity group in the orientation was started because of the students. And yeah, it was just a really eye-opening experience and really discouraging, um, honestly, just to yeah, see our little group um, amidst a larger cohort. And one of our classes this year is racial justice. And there were some issues in the past of people being hurt in racial justice sections that, you know, were pretty much all white, except for two or three students of color. Um, and so the students in the past, like, maybe two years ago, decided to create an affinity section for the racial justice class. So I'm also in that, um, which is all students of color as well. But um, yeah, that was that was like a pretty heavy first day. And I remember driving back and calling Debo about it. So shout out to Debo for my commuter, being my commuter caller. Um, yeah, and I'm commuting from home for these first two months. So waking up at like 5.30 and driving an hour and a half both ways, um, or one way, I mean. But anyway, and then we started class the next day. And honestly, I have loved class and everything that we've learned so far. Um, it's so much reading. I feel like I'm reading a book every single week. But... I'm taking a class on clinical social work, just kind of an intro class, a class on human behavior, class on social welfare policy, a class on racial justice, um, and then I'll be starting a class on clinical practice for individuals um, in a little bit. Um, and so all of those classes have been really, really insightful and they all connect, um, you know, in some way. And just to highlight one thing that I learned or, um, yeah, I guess this is more fresh on my mind, but one, just racial capitalism, like understanding how labor has always been racialized um, in the U.S. through whether it be slavery or um, currently the way that labor is divided now and understanding how that's oppressed people of color and prevented any movement in um, social capital or economic capital. And um, another thing was yesterday I had to surprise present a 
um, paper by Paul Saba, I believe, called Worldview for Activists and Organizers. And I think it was something that was good for me to read and like verbalize in a lot of ways. Um, so basically, I talked about how worldview, the concept, is not just like idea or view, but it's something that is created based off of the systems and the communities that people are involved in, which makes sense. Um, but the fact that some worldviews, that worldviews are privileged over other worldviews. And I was thinking a lot about how growing up, I heard the world, the word worldview a lot in a Christian context of people always making, asking me and making sure that I have the correct worldview, um, or just making like people asking like, Oh, what's your worldview? Or you need to be clear about your worldview. And I had always thought a very certain binary way of ethics and yeah, just thinking about how, what, like the Christian ideal of what, um, how things are supposed to be. And yeah, reading after reading this paper, not realizing that's the worldview that has oppressed so many people. And the idea of hegemony where subordinate groups knowingly or un unknowingly or unwillingly like subscribe to a worldview to gain status or power in some way, which continually perpetuates or promotes that specific worldview. So that was pretty eye-opening to me and just kind of verbalizing the way that Christian ideals have continually oppressed so many people. Um, yeah, just by the way of who gains power, how power is allocated, and what you need to do to get that power. And that was definitely eye-opening to learn. And so, like, as social workers, we talked about what it means to have pushed for alternative worldviews or build towards alternative worldviews. Um, because one thing that a dominant worldview does is removes space for any contrary worldview. And yeah, it was definitely really eye-opening to understand and important for me in my process of kind of unlearning a lot of things that I learned growing up and formulating why can't I say this word right? I'm like trying to say this formulating, formulating new ideas and things like that. And one more thing I'd like to highlight is um, something I've learned, which is the liberation health model. Um, it's a really, really cool health model that um, can be used in therapy that combines, um, like, three facets, kind of like what I've already talked about, but, like, the, great, the individual, the macro level, um, and then, like, the community level, and so 
Um, it's a really cool model, and the professor, um, Dr. Don Belkin Martinez, invented it, is my professor for racial justice, so it's super, super cool, and um, I encourage you to check it out if you want as well. The classes are all decently small, between like 10 to 20 people. Yeah, we always, a lot of classes start off with like a space for students to talk about any current events or things that they've been thinking about on their mind, um, which I think is a really um, unique space. And also we do a lot of self-care activities in class. Like someone leads an activity that they normally do for their own self-care, whether it be like in their culture or something like that. Sorry, there's some chaoticness going on. But yeah, I think one thing I noticed was that in these classes, um, we've talked a lot about our own personal values and experiences. And there's never been such a space like in classes in college where I've shared personally like that. Um, you know, we talk about our backgrounds, what, what things have shaped us to be who we are right now like why we think the way that we do. And one thing I've realized or I've come to appreciate is in social work, everyone there is there for um, an intention. And um, usually the intention is to help people. Um, and so there's kind of like an underlying basis in that value and like, it, there's just like kind of like a comfort in knowing that or like, a level of trust in some ways and doesn't mean that like we all have a lot of learning to do but yeah it's just felt like and um social work itself is a very feminized field or it's pretty much mostly like non-men I would say yeah, so in that way, I think it's also been um, just like a really unique space for me because one thing I thought a lot about in college was a lot of my friends were not in psychology or like the same field as me. Like I had class friends, but psychology as a major doesn't, we didn't, we didn't really have school projects or anything. So it didn't really lend itself to being like, um, I don't know, forming close friendships in the major itself. So I like really enjoy now having friends who are doing the same thing or pursuing um, similar things as me. And it's pretty refreshing in some ways. So um, I really enjoy that. And also along with that, um, I am doing field work. Um, two days a week for 16 hours um, at DCF, which is Department of Children and Families. And I'm on the response team, which is responding to 51 A's, which is um, cases of child abuse and neglect. So um, it's part of the mandatory reporting system. And as I've learned over the years, I think my time at Walker, which was my first co-op, was at a CBAT, which is a temporary residential placement for children 
who are between um, homes or are unsafe to be in their own home. And a lot of them were associated with DCF. So I thought it would be interesting to be on the other side to see how this process happens. And as I've come to learn over the years and understand kind of the child welfare system as an incarceral system in some ways for children targeting communities of color and creating a cycle of these communities and their children constantly being in these systems that lead to more trauma. And so I think it's a very, it's a lot to think through as I'm working there. And it's a really cool opportunity to see like this huge organization and how they work. Um, they have a lot of locations in Boston, in Massachusetts, and I'm in the Chelsea office. And most of the population that we serve is, is Latin and everyone in the office, um, not everyone, most people in the office are Hispanic and speak Spanish and uh, most of our clients are like that. Um, and it's just been a really cool opportunity. Yeah, so like my first day on my field, I was called into like an emergency response um, basically going out into the field and investigating what happened and whether it constituted um, abuse or neglect and potential removal of the child from the parents if it was deemed, if the parents de were deemed like unable to care for the children. So I saw a lot that day um, and it was really busy and yeah, and then since then I've seen like very different things, you know, every case is so different. So that's what's fun about it as well. And then after Walker, I think I have been kind of desensitized a little bit to all of these reports and stuff like that. Like it's low key not the best, but yeah, I've just like I feel like I've seen a lot of scenarios at this point that I'm like, this is, um, this is just another day and yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of secondary trauma that I've witnessed, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I can speak about it individually to people another time. But yeah, that one is all the way in Chelsea, which is kind of far from Westford. Um, very different from Westford. So I'm definitely very thankful for that experience and hope to make the most out of it. So we'll see. Listening back to this, I'm still, I still feel pretty new and learning how to do things on my own and stuff like that. So yeah, I was reflecting on just like how far I've come in my growth, in just my confidence and assurance in myself and how like something like this, I would be so terrified to do um, at any point. Like in high school, I shouted a social worker and like I literally didn't want to go again, even though I thought it was really interesting. Like being so much more aware of different communities and different things that affect communities 
and why things happened the way that they happened through my classes, through my co-ops at Northeastern too, through my time in Ohio. I think my research position there was um, influential as well. I was just really thinking back and proud of my own growth and acknowledging that I have a lot to learn as well and a long way to go. And so yeah, one other thing that I wanted to talk about was how um, because of my family dynamic and cultural dynamics and a lot of other things, I think I've always been very anxious when talking about politics or anything um, seemingly contentious or just feeling not knowledgeable or unable to speak up about things. And I think my time last year and in my program right now has really given me a safe space to um, really just learn and ask questions and acknowledge that I have a lot of learning to do. Um, but it's been really eye-opening to just learn about um, things like racial capitalism or neoliberalism or hegemony and just reading like so many papers or listening to a lot of talks by people like who came way before me, who came way before us, um, just advocating and organizing for so many different causes. And yeah, it's just really humbled me a lot and thinking about like my place in this world and what I consume and what I want to produce um, as well. But yeah, just understanding the structures of, take for example, like the child welfare system, that's something that I'm interested in. Um, just the way that it was designed um, or systems that are in place that oppress folks of color or keep people in their class. Like not only thinking about that, but thinking about or learning about or existing organizations that organize or that work. Yeah, to advocate for people who are stuck in the cycle of these systems. So like housing groups, and yeah, it's been, it's been really good learning about um, all of these things and I'm excited to um, act on it as well and um, yeah, see what I can do in the future. So, so another thing that I'm also doing is currently tutoring as well. So this is something I started um, last fall, but I'm tutoring, um, three girls right now, which has been really fun. Um, I've really enjoyed forming relationships with these three girls and especially the two of them. Like, it was really sweet. One of them 
um, only started with me because her previous tutor went on vacation and then she wanted to stay with me, which I really loved. And um, yeah, and it's been really busy, but I've tried to make time for all of them. And so tutoring either like twice a week um, or once a week and kind of gives me the teaching element that I enjoy as well, so. And then last, right now I'm also working at the Wheelaw College of Education, um, just like as a part-time job as a graduate assistant. And I've really enjoyed that as well, just kind of like a way to make some extra money and also find a way to be involved in the School of Education at Wheelock, which is I remember at Northeastern, I heard about it, you bought that school, and I didn't realize how cool of a school it was. Um, like, before it was bought, it was a school centered on equity and justice in education and policy specifically, and yeah, like, I don't think I realized that, but um, as a part of my job, I get to do spotlights on current professors and faculty and... Um, just to ask them about their research, um, to hear what's going on. And I interviewed a faculty, Dr. Medina, this last week, and his research was really cool and really eye-opening as well, um, talking about social relationships with students um, and how that changes um, or differs when exposed to more diverse communities growing up and specifically focusing on biracial students as well and their ethnic racial formulation um, and how people form their perception of things and yeah like one of the things I was thinking about was I think my time at InterVarsity really shaped a lot of um, how I viewed ethnic identity and I thought it was like a really cool space for that and I really value my time there um, despite a lot of things, but I think my time in the past year at Ohio and now, like, not really identifying as religious anymore, just realizing that there are so many spaces out there that did the things that I thought I had to be in Christianity to do or think about, um, that do them without the toxicity or trauma of religious practice as well and I think I've really valued that aspect of just finding spaces for myself where I can engage in these things of ethnic structure or like formulating my ethnic identity and thinking through all these things and yeah I'm just really thankful for those spaces and for these people that are pursuing um, such research in, yeah, trying to apply for grants um, from agencies that might not want to fund them or fund such work. So I'm definitely thankful for that. Yeah, it's been a busy three weeks and I really need my rest after everything. So um, I will be taking my rest and please don't question or ask me why I am choosing this or that. 
because I'm a homebody at heart and I love staying home and I actually love doing all my homework. So yeah, I am just enjoying what I'm doing right now. But this has been my journey so far and yeah, I will follow up maybe periodically and check in to see new things that I've learned and yeah we'll see what happens in the meantime so definitely reach out if you're interested or want to chat because I always love um, catching up or hearing what everyone else is up to but yeah thank you for listening and tune in next time for a different episode of what I want to talk about